0: Oi, hey there. Welcome back to my podcast. I am Camilla, your high vibe advocate. Give me fifteen minutes, and I will give you a high vibe world. I get such beautiful messages from some of you who listen and I want to first of all thank you so much for reaching out to me. It means the world to me when you share with me that a specific episode resonated with you and when you ask more questions and that, you know, when you give me suggestions for themes to be discussed here, Um, I really do appreciate that just so much, I appreciate you all, and I always try to discuss uh, each and every topic that you that you ask me to. In fact, I have one particular listener who is one of my favorite people, even though we have never met in person or anything. but she asked me uh, about my views on on psychics and suggested that I did an episode on that, which is a great idea. I cannot wait to do that. I will definitely do that. In fact, I was thinking of doing that today but um you know uh, i I, and I definitely promise it will get done but today i actually want to shift gears and turn our attention to a topic that has really been eating me up from the inside for a while and i can no longer ignore it so um i will do the psychic episode probably next time but this time I want to talk about the anti-Asian sentiment that is spreading like wildfire in our society and we must absolutely do everything that we can to stop it. There has been a very disturbing rise in hate crimes against Asians in the United States and sadly all over the world. But in the U.S., it actually rose by 150% nationwide. And in New York alone, the rate of anti-Asian hate crime rose by 833% between 2019 and 2020. And um, we are seeing continued rise in 2021 as well. Anti-Asian sentiment has also risen dramatically by a reported 1,900% Since last year, advocates believe uh, that part of the reason behind this increase is a direct result of the pandemic related discrimination. You know, all the all the talk about uh, the China virus and Asian flu from our former president and and some people uh, in government and in power because words have meaning and they plant seeds of hate a lot of times without us even knowing. And one of the most frustrating parts of watching all of this happen, you know, uh, especially more and more frequently, is that the majority of these crimes are not being prosecuted as hate crimes, simply because the bar for hate crime is just set too high. So basically, an assailant would have to say something racist or sexist or whatever in the process of committing a crime in order for it to be classified as a hate crime, yet it is very clear, you know, clear as day that since the majority of crimes in general have been committed against Asians, especially elderly women, that to me and to I'm sure anyone who's reasonable indicates without much doubt that these are all hate crimes and they should all be prosecuted as such. And it has saddened and frustrated me that many people that I know and also the media in general have not spoken out against anti-Asian hate crimes in the same way that they did for other racist acts in the recent years. There is widespread talk and numerous articles outlining the reasons why this country has failed for so long to take crime against Asians seriously. You know, because although Asian Americans, like any other minority groups, have endured a long tradition of deadly violence. You know, uh, the threats and discrimination that they continue to face today are often trivialized as harmless insults. I, I see this and I hear this all the time. In many cases, people are just reluctant to even acknowledge that the attacks uh, against Asian Americans could be racially motivated you know we saw that when you know when we saw the the shooting at the the massage parlor in Georgia that law enforcement official seemed to dismiss the the racial animus as a motive in the shootings and he said that the shooter was just having a bad day a really bad day yeah well um and even when anti-asian violence is acknowledged experts say that it is sometimes Uh, casually dismissed as an isolated episode rather than uh, a core part of the Asian American story. There's this tendency to not believe that violence against Asian Americans is real. Many people in America are actually ignorant of the history of Asian Americans here, which is not taught well enough in schools. Very few people know, for instance, about the lynching of 18 Chinese people in Los Angeles in 1871, uh, or the forcible removal of Chinese people by mobs in Seattle in 1886, or the labor camps uh, that Japanese Americans were sent to here in the United States during uh, World War II. I only learned these things because I had a Japanese American history teacher in high school. She actually had the pamphlets that her family was given. is going to make me cry if I talk about it. Um, to go to those camps. And she brought it to school. But I have come to face the sad reality that very few, if any, of my friends who didn't go to my high school or that who didn't have the same teacher have ever even heard of these tragic events. I mean, it's very common for you to talk to someone who's in high school right now or anyone else in society and tell them about these things, and they've never heard of them. So our schools have failed to talk about Asian American discrimination. And there's also the stereotype that all people of Asian descent are economically and educationally successful, which can lead to the incorrect assumption that the discrimination they face can't be that bad. This has to end. People have to come to the realization that what's happening to them is disgusting and it's very, very real. And we have to stop standing idle in the face of violence against Asian Americans. It pisses me off that we benefit so much from Asian culture in every single aspect of our lives, yet we don't protect them from hateful crime when we have the chance. We have to show how much this matters to us, how much our Asian friends and our Asian communities in our neighborhoods matter to us. We have to stand alongside them, march with them and for them. We have to stop viewing them as foreigners Because they obviously aren't. They are just as American as any of us. They belong here. They've always belonged here. They have helped build and shape this country. They are an integral part of our culture, of our accomplishments, of our wellness tools, of our favorite foods and drinks, of our decor, of our spirituality, of us. They are us and we are them. And if we don't speak out more, And if we don't do more, not only will they continue to feel increasingly isolated and alone, but also continuously scared. And this will indicate to the perpetrators of these crimes that society doesn't mind it as much, which is a way of condoning it. And it hurts me more than I can describe in words to know that all of my dear friends who are Asian are living in fear right now. They are scared of going on hikes, on walks, or shopping, They are afraid for their parents and their grandparents while being in safety. And no one should fear leaving their house in the way that Asian Americans are fearing right now. We must do something. We must at the very least speak out and voice our disgust over these acts because otherwise we too are a part of the problem. But how do we respond to hate Without being hateful. Because I truly struggle with how to respond to it it in a civil manner. I don't struggle with my views. But I do struggle with how to express them without sounding like a hater. There are people in this world for whom hate seemingly comes easy. And they have no problem taunting others into a ring of fire. And there are those of us who try to live our lives... On top of a foundation of love, acceptance, and positivity, who believe that everyone belongs regardless of race and creed and gender or sexual orientation, and we want to continue to be an example for others to do the same. And typically, when hate does arise, we make a point of not letting ourselves be easily engaged by the haters. You know, we don't want to spew. We you know we don't want to send ugly vibes of white noise into the atmosphere. Uh, we don't want to let our, our social media pages be hijacked with hate. But when the fight is ugly and people are injured and killed while standing up to hate, it's hard to resist a temptation and not just fully engage, you know, in battle gear and, and charge at the enemy. And then we look in the mirror and we uh, we start asking. Must we really become our enemy to overcome him? Across social media, you'll see photos of kittens and gardens and families embracing, you know, a hot bikini photo from last summer. So many people are trying to rise above the fray. But is that enough to make the fray go away? Because of course we want the public to know that we don't tolerate hate. We want those targeted by hate to know that we stand in solidarity with them. But we also want the world to know that we will not let the haters reduce us to their level. So how can we be true to ourselves without hiding from the current events or contributing to the mushroom cloud of rage? Is it possible to address the hate that's now literally engulfing this country without acting like the very thing that you're denouncing? Absolutely it is. But it's not going to be easy. It takes discipline. One of the ways uh, that hate and violence work is that they hook you and me and all of us into it. It makes us feel like, like you know, we're, we've got to be all revved up, you know. If there are ways to cultivate a peacefulness within your own spirit and your own heart and your own mind, you can learn how to live in a way that doesn't return evil for evil. But it requires staying calm when people try to rattle you. And it's so hard. It takes a lot of work. The thing is that being patient and calm is not the same as pretending that horrible things aren't happening. Of course, you don't need to let the talks of the current hate crimes become your only topic of conversation or your only topic of posts and stuff. But you can't just let things slip by. Like, you have to do your part by not condoning the habits that create acceptance for hate towards Asians. If someone makes a joke, don't just laugh along or dismiss it. You know, we can tamp down on some of of the accepted speech and it will actually send a message. The message is if it's not okay to joke about it, then it's not okay to mean it either. I realize that this can be difficult, especially when the hateful rhetoric arises among family and friends. And in a world where there truly are so many ridiculous things that people are trying to quote unquote cancel, going on, um, you know, on and on about things that might be perceived as hypersensitivity. It's, it becomes a little bit tricky, you know, cause there are a lot of hi- hypersensitivity out there, but this isn't a hypersensitive issue. This is a real issue. People are being killed. They're being victims of violence. They are afraid for their lives. They are, their freedom is being infringed upon. So, you know, we can't just be tempted into letting jokes be jokes because it can be confusing to know whether anything needs to be quashed right then and there or if that will just make the issue even bigger, you know, because then you create anger from the fact that you can't take a joke or whatever. But simply not engaging and, and, and maybe even just changing the subject and giving the, that person crickets, if you will, does the job quite perfectly. And one great way to support the Asian community is to be visible, to make your views known. Participate in vigils, marches, post comments of support, or lawn signs or window signs. It is a high vibe thing to spread love and tolerance and not to tolerate hate. Use hashtags, donate to groups that are fighting the battle for the cause. Just do a little bit more, because that can go a long way. And...